0: This week on Movie Time Machine, a teenage boy is haunted in his dreams by deceased child murderer Freddy Krueger, who is out to possess him in order to continue his reign of terror in the real world. This is A Nightmare on Elm Street 2, Freddy's Revenge.
1: Welcome to the Movie Time Machine Monster Closet, your retro movie review podcast where we take nightmares from the past and relive them in the present. This week's movie? A Nightmare on Elm Street 2, Freddy's Revenge. Released in the year 1985. Written by David Chaskin and directed by
0: Jack Shoulder.
1: Did I pronounce that correctly?
0: Nailed it. I'm
1: your Time Machine host, Chad, and I want to introduce you again to my monster closet co-host, Mr. Scaredy Pants himself, Jamie.
0: That's me. My pants are scared, and I'm here to talk about nightmare with you, Chad. <laughs> Have you read that Dr. Seuss
1: book, "Scared of Pants"? I think it's called.
0: No. About the
1: ghost pants.
0: This isn't a real book. Is this a real book?
1: It's a real book. Yeah.
0: No. What's What's about the ghost pants?
1: Yeah. It's um. Hold on. Let me do some uh, internet research here, quick. I want to make sure. Doctor Seuss, scared pants. Uh, dun, 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 dun. Oh, it's called uh, What Was I Scared Of? And it's about a pair of pants. <laughs> so he
0: <laughs> so he took the phrase scaredy pants and thought, I can make a book out of this.
1: Yes. And uh, it's a cool book because all the pages are kind of like dark, you know, with like kind of bluish and blacks. And um, the character is like bright yellow. And some of the other things are like the pants are like a... The pants and the character are like glow in the dark. No way. So, yeah, it's fucking cool.
0: <laughs> I've I've never heard of this book, and I was a very devoted Dr. Seuss reader as a kid and an adult, for that matter. I never
1: heard it until, yeah, my kid at preschool. Um, I guess they're reading it there, and he was talking about it, then we ordered it, and I was like, wow, I've never heard of this before. So, yeah, I'm like a, a year or two fresh to it, but... Yeah, that's pretty good. (laughs) Cool. And what's what's the
0: title again? It's called
1: What Was I Scared Of?
0: What Was I Scared Of? Okay, I'm going to look it up because I'm about to make a promise and I want to make sure that I can keep it. What was I scared of? Making sure the internet has it. Oh my goodness, they sure do. So what I'm going to say is to... The first listener who retweets this episode, I will send you a copy of What Was I Scared of?
1: Oh, wow. All right. I'll put that in the show notes too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. They'll retweet. <laughs> <When> we
0: <laughs> we'll need a way for them to get in touch with us. So we'll, we'll figure it out. Just yeah. retweet it first, then we'll, we'll handle that later. Retweet,
1: then you can uh, DM us on Twitter. So there we go. At Movie Machine Pod.
0: At Movie Machine Pod.
1: But, all right. Um, Nightmare on Elm Street Part 2. So, this is, uh, we're on a roll here for Monster Closet. So, we just did um, the first Nightmare on our last Mm -hmm. Monster Closet. So, now we're diving into the second one. Um, This, uh, I just want to rattle off box office quick. I think there's some things here I want to talk about before we get too deep. Sweet. um. This one had a budget of three million, compared to the first Nightmare, which had a budget of one point one million. And this one, at the box office, brought in thirty million, versus the first Nightmare only, or brought in fifty-seven million. So it did like almost half mm-hmm. of the first one, and it cost three times as much, and it came out almost an exactly one year after. The yeah. first nightmare. So, this came out on November 1st, 1985. Again, great in time for uh, family holidays, right? So, Thanksgiving and <laughs> Christmas and whatever other holidays that you celebrate in that time. So, I want to be inclusive, but I don't.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Everybody's um, welcome at uh, yeah, Freddy's Thanksgiving at Freddy's table.
1: Thanksgiving, yep. Yeah. Uh,
0: wow. You don't have That's... to worry
1: about sharpening the knives.
0: No. <laughs> he he will take care of that so this made not as much money as the first but still 10 times its budget which is a lot of money so i i don't want to move past that people are still showing up for freddy good
1: call good call just not as successful so just kind of we'll go maybe we'll talk about that why um here really quick i just want to go through the ratings and reviews so So currently on Rotten Tomatoes, it has a 41% critic score with a 33% audience score. Um, IMDB has an average of 5.5 out of 10, and it has a 43 on Metacritic. Um, What are your thoughts on this one? And
0: go. And go. (laughs) Okay, so I think that there's um, two different... Reactions to this film. This is me personally. I think that there is a sector of um, fans who reacted to this film not representing things that came before it that they felt the Nightmare on Elm Street movie should be. And then the big topic that always comes up in discussion with this movie is that this has been dubbed as one of the gayest horror films ever made. That's not my assignment. It's In the horror community, it is very well known as that. So I think that there is a um, group of horror fans who are maybe reacting to it negatively in that homophobic way as well. So I I honestly, I think it is split down those two tracks. Now, what do you you think?
1: Are you able to go a little bit deeper into that? Like why that is so... Because I was even confused, because I just heard about this, because you referenced that documentary, I didn't get a chance to see it, which is called Scream Queen, My Nightmare on Elm Street, or something like that.
0: Yeah, and it's if you're looking it up, it's Scream, Queen, with an exclamation point, My Nightmare on Elm Street, and it's about... Mark Patton's experience it's a lot of it is actually just about his life and he plays Jesse Walsh of course and it kind of chronicles how he was this up-and-coming star in the 80s he was a closeted gay actor at the time was cast in this movie and then this movie gained the reputation it has as you know one of the gayest horror films ever made and kind of what it did to him psychologically, because as a closeted actor, he was told by his agent, you know, and I need you to play straight because Uh. this is 1985. We're like right in the middle of the Reagan era. AIDS is huge. So the, the homophobia and fear of AIDS in the United States was probably at an all time high. And it's, it's really sad because he, um, left the business and i don't know if he made another movie after this i'd have to check his imdb but it kind of just goes through his story of having to kind of shoulder this burden as Mm. you know performing um in this film but he was closeted and he kind of couldn't be who he was and it was kind of left to him to shoulder the burden of the hate of so many fans because you know people would Give it that tag, and and back then, you know, calling it a gay film was was a a pox on its house. You know, like that that was that was a bad thing. And the director wouldn't acknowledge any of the subtext in the movie. The writer was very glib; would not acknowledge any of the subtext. So nobody backed up Mark Patton and kind of all the backlash he experienced. But I would say now it's it's come full circle, and I think people kind of put their arms around it in the gay community. I don't want to speak broadly for everybody, but you know, this film kind of highlights how um, a lot of people in the LGBTQ community really celebrate this movie and kind of love it because, you know, they um, for the horror LGBTQ fans, this was a time where they could see uh, someone on screen that kind of represented them and him like fighting back against Freddy. So it's, you know, it's, it's more nuanced and complicated than that. But, you know, I think that, we have to consider all of that when talking about um this movie.
1: Yeah, all of this is still blowing my mind. I just had no idea. And even when I um you sent me like a link to like watch this doc, which again I didn't get a chance to watch, but then I just was like I'm just going to google it, see if I could just find any kind of like YouTube uh videos on it to like just get kind of like kind of what is this about? Then at first mm-hmm. I was like, "Oh, is this are they saying that's like the, the gay movie is like as a pejorative term, like I was so confused. But yeah, I, was, I didn't get to read as much as I could. But yeah, everything that you just said, like is done is completely blown my mind. I had no fucking clue. No yeah. idea. And even after like watching it, like I thought like kind of early in the movie, like the the dancing scene on the bed, like seemed a little like, oh, like this. <laughs> I th- it's, now it makes sense like right <laughs> right like this seems like a really bad like kind of take on over sexualized 80s but that all makes sense now and like the the trying on the hat and the super like um the lightning bolt sunglasses i mean holy shit like
0: yep there's I almost wanna, there's like
1: go back and look at it with like a more of like a detailed lens of with knowing
0: that now and you have to because trust me i didn't i didn't pick up on it fully the first time i saw this movie but i think i was aware that some of that was in there and now it's it's all i see when i watch the movie there's a sign on his bedroom door that says no chicks allowed you know there's um
1: (laughs) no i missed that
0: yeah he's just you know he's waking up in cold sweats freddie's trying to get in his body and it's i i think it's all there and in interviews you know Like I said, David Chaskin's been pretty coy in calling it subtext, but, and the director, Jack Shoulder, he still won't cop to it, which is kind of frustrating. And Scream Queen kind of dives more into that, but I I think it's clear as day, like watch it again and you'll, it's, you'll see it fully. And and, uh, Kim, uh, Kim Myers, who plays Lisa. Like, I think that was the first thing I noticed when I watched it the first time is here's this gorgeous girl next door and he has no interest in any sort of relationship with her you know and she yeah. wants so badly to be his girlfriend so it's yeah but i i was like you the first time i i it just i think i was aware of it but not fully and now um i i think it's a huge part of the movie and i to to me i i don't know i kind of enjoy it it's 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 fun in that way and i i would love to go to um you know, like a like they do the screenings of Rocky Horror in kind of the uh, theaters that I'm sure the Parkway would do a showing of Nightmare Two, and it would oh, just yeah. be a big party. So I think that would be really fun when things open back up. But just to play a little Deadpool's <laughs> Devil's Advocate here, <laughs>
1: <laughs> say oh. again, <laughs> Devil's Advocate, nailed um, it. Is this? Is this possibly a Room 237 documentary looking into this film to where, like, okay, you could say it's all these things with all the subtext, but maybe it really wasn't?
0: So, fair question. And I think that um, the biggest... Like, seriously, just watch it again. That'll be the biggest rebuke of that. But um, I think that the... Biggest evidence apart from that is um, just kind of Mark Patton and uh, even Robert Englund. Like everyone who read the script was like, oh, yeah, okay, I get it. Um, And the only the problem was that the director wouldn't cop to it. And like I said, the writer would be so coy about it. But eventually in in the movie Scream Queen, My Nightmare on Elm Street, he says, yeah, that's you know, that's what I was doing. That's how I wrote the movie. So.
1: Hmm. Yeah, still, still
0: my fair, long. fair question, though. Okay. But um, yeah, and I think like you said, it's it's not very highly reviewed. And I, I think that there's, you know, people who reacted to it negatively on that front um, who recognize it that way. But I do think there's a legitimate. Uh, I, how do I say this? disagreements for what you expect a nightmare movie to be and what this film is like people who are expecting freddy to be the dream demon well this this is kind of more of a possession movie you know the rules of nightmare on elm street are a little different in this movie so i think some people also maybe had some problems with that
1: right because you don't because we don't get there's no correct me if i'm wrong like there's no like obvious like dream
0: no is there okay I, well, I, I remember, two, because um, you see Jesse wakes up screaming twice in cold sweats. And I, one, he does see um, Freddy downstairs. I think that's the uh, I've got the brain, you've got the body. I think that's a dream. And then um, but the rest are kind of like waking nightmares, like when he's in the basement and finds the glove. And then mm, when he's in yeah. his sister's room wearing the glove and then in the shower scene with coach Schneider. So it's like the lines are far more blurred than true nightmares.
1: Correct, sir. You are correct. Yeah. Um, What was I going to say? Yeah. So what's, so essentially what happens in this movie, we get, you know, um, our new cast of characters, uh, Jesse, he's moving into the house of, Uh, Nancy's old house from the first nightmare. Mm -hmm. Um, He has we kind of have this like potential love interest with uh, Lisa, but as you're saying, doesn't sound like he's too interested. Um, And what about his friend? What's his friend's name? Grady. Grady. Oh my god. How many times did you want to punch Grady in this film?
0: Oh, he's yeah, he's a (laughs) Wonderfully punchable character.
1: <laughs> he's very punchworthy.
0: I just, yeah, I never understood his character. Like, he's playing an asshole, but he's kind of funny, but he wants to be Jesse's friend, but then he doesn't. I don't know. How did you read Ron Grady? Yeah,
1: yeah. Like, he's kind of like a wannabe jock. You know, he seems like he's also, like, he doesn't really have any other friends besides Jesse right he has he has like zero like girl girl game like I don't know he's yeah maybe maybe there's some subtext there as well I don't know like
0: but yeah well it's just funny that there's this big party and yeah he projects as like this popular jockey douche and he's he's in his bed and you're actually wondering like oh shit is he actually grinded like did he actually push his grandmother down the stairs (laughs)
1: like. <laughs> okay so actually i, I remember now i was what i was trying to say earlier so kind of how this movie is like a possession film linking this back to the end of the first nightmare so nancy kind of they pull right freddie from like the dream world into the real world to kind of burn him again right yeah so is that is that what kind of that makes actually now I think about it that makes more sense now like Freddy's trying to get into this realm now like he can like he's what that leave it open then to where actually he is like can kind of rebirth himself I guess remake himself through Jesse so that's the kind of part I struggle with but then when I went back and thought about it I was like oh I can kind of see Maybe the leaps they were trying to the progression of of this nightmare um, to come to real life again. But I didn't know if you had any thoughts on that.
0: Yeah, I man, it it's tough. I think there's a lot of. um, Yeah, there's no real rules. And then when you think you understand it, they break it. So like he's taking over Jesse's body. So they're sharing a body. But then, you know. The love of Lisa burns Freddie out. But then again, we get another complicated ending that doesn't quite make sense where Freddie's on the bus and he wastes, I think her name's Carrie. I'm not sure. And yeah, I, I don't know to to be real honest with you. I don't know.
1: Since we just mentioned the bus scene, um, did you and did you get a chance to go back and watch it after I told you like how. Like, my question is, like, maybe is this entire movie like a dream? Because we start with the bus. He's on the bus. um, And then we end with the bus scene as well, even though we don't really see what their fate is. Um,
0: Right. Did you get a
1: chance to give that any thought?
0: I did. I think you could definitely take it that way. I mean, the the difference is there's there's different kids on the bus in the beginning and then at the end, but um, yeah, and then it drives into the field, but the field doesn't turn into that like hellscape with the rocks falling away. Yeah, but I don't know. I mean, I, I wouldn't say that's not an unrealistic reading because, yeah, I mean, it's either um, somebody's dream on that bus and Freddy's there or Freddy's somehow in the real world which makes less sense because they kind of reburned him alive at the boiler or at the factory. So yeah, it's another one of those where like, I'm not sure where to come down. I think they just did it to scare you, but I don't, I don't think it's a terrible theory. I think there's definitely some credibility there.
1: You know, another thing too, I wanted to um, talk with you about is I, again, without the, <laughs> the whole like s- scream queen thing, like is, fucking still kind of blowing my mind but i don't because i original when i went back to watch this i was like this movie seems like it's like struggling to kind of like give itself an identity Mm -hmm. um i feel like there's all of a sudden there's like kind of like these callbacks to kind of classic horror films so this is probably a stretch but this is just where my mind was going so the scene when um the bird <laughs> yeah it's flying around over the cage and i was like oh is this om- an homage to the birds <laughs> like yeah <laughs> what is going here and then like the bird explodes and i don't know like stuff like that seemed just kind of like weirdly out of pace place and kind of forced and let's see here and like later on like the human face dogs oh yeah which was, <laughs> it was so creepy i don't remember that at all um this movie because I had originally seen this like when I was, you know, like probably like around ten, but um, yeah, I thought that was really creepy. But I was like, oh, that, that totally reminded me of um, Invasion of the Body Snatchers, the Sutherland one.
0: Oh, are there it, weird it dog the... creatures?
1: Yeah, that came out in late. have you seen that one?
0: Uh, only the end scene.
1: Oh, I... okay. Yeah, there's like a <laughs> human faced dog creature in that one as well.
0: I, I think, I think you may be onto something because yeah, I completely forgot about those weird face dog things too. It, it's almost like as if there was like a deleted scene, like we, we missed something because what, what are they doing here? Right.
1: <laughs> right, I, right.
0: I, I don't know, just to be scary. And then, yeah, as she's trying to find Freddie, you got the like rabid mouse that gets eaten by the rabid cat. And it's
1: like, oh yeah, I forgot about that too. Yeah.
0: Like, yeah, there's a lot of stuff in there that just, yeah, did they add it for flair? Was it callbacks? Like, I think I I thought about the birds, too. And but yeah, everything in the house is hot. Like, what is what does that have to do with anything? Because Freddie died in a boiler. Suddenly, the house is constantly at 93 degrees. And look, honey, the toaster's not even plugged in and it's on fire. You know, (laughs) I I
1: like how they they wanted to blame a gas leak Unlike the bird
0: <laughs> I, I like, know
1: yeah I don't it's, it's stuff like that I was like I didn't it kind of like took me out of it and yeah and I there you I think you get I think I looked you're like one hour and one minute into the movie where I feel like it starts to really kind of like where the action really starts to pick up you know yeah and, uh, I think that's where like you get the full like, Freddy is alive (laughs) at the party scene. Yeah. um... Then again, too, like, Freddy, like, jumps, he jumps through the glass patio door, right? Mm -hmm. It shatters, and then he disappears. Did, like, did I miss the part where he, like, reappears again?
0: Oh, you mean when he walks through the hedges and just disappears into Ball of Flame?
1: No, before that, like, when he's in the house. Oh! Right, he's he like, pops
0: out from under the thing in the yard or whatever.
1: Oh, okay. I think all right, I missed that.
0: <laughs> yeah, but you're right, there's a continuity thing there because he jumps through the the door and then everyone's like, oh, where did he go? And then he just pops out pops from up, under yeah. the Yeah.
1: Now you see me that you don't? Yeah, now you see me. <laughs> yeah, you he has like this like new like uh uh what do you call it? Stealth mode. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he's in the real world now, he's having fun. Right? Kind of turn that shit on and off. I mean, you just like be invisible, right? Until yeah. I'm sleeping.
0: Exactly. But there's
1: a, there's some that whole like pool party th- scene like really cracks me up. Um, cause like the parents are there, mm-hmm. right? Then it's like they get up to go to bed and all the kids, I mean, there's like 50 people there. <laughs> yeah. It's like a huge party, <laughs> this gigantic pool. And, um, the they like the kids know like where the the parents' bedroom is because they see that the lights on and they're just kind of like waiting for like the lights to get shut down, and like the lights go down and then it's like all of a sudden it's like flip the switch it's like party mode they change the shapes, but it's just like dude they just turned out the lights man like you need to like give it like <laughs> give it at least a, like a, a good hour right right they can hear you right but still keep maybe keep the volume down a little bit right like it's... yeah
0: <laughs> well. <laughs> And maybe a lesser film, so I'll credit the movie there, where they do pan to the parents' bedroom, and, you know, the dad's like, what the hell is going on?
1: Oh, yeah, and- yeah,
0: true. That's true. That's true. But it still cracked me up about that. was
1: uh, pretty funny. Oh. And then, then back to, like, when Freddy jumps through the door and, like, all the kids are running, then he, like, pops back up again. And uh, that super, again, like, cheesy scene where he's, all of you belong to me now. And <laughs> he does, like, that... <laughs> torch or whatever behind his head to kind of give him like this kind of I'm guessing like this demonic like satanic kind of look too so thought that quite entertaining but as he's chasing the kids and they're all running and they're trying to climb over the fence like Mm -hmm. one of them falls down maybe it's Grady I don't know No, Grady's already dead he's already yeah that's right Um, slips and falls and like they they like lightly like trample on him you know yeah. go over the fence and he like oh, his head shakes and like blood squirts out of his mouth um, thought that was quite entertaining as well and like Freddy's like throwing like chairs around like a gorilla and <laughs> that's <laughs> escaped the zoo or something but yeah since we're talking about scenes do you want to um, start going into favorite scenes and just kind of some highlights for you in this
0: movie sure. outside of the
1: things that we already discussed
0: yeah, no, the Freddy pool party scene is great. Like you said, it's so 80s and just so off the wall. Like, what is going on here? Is Freddy a threat? Is he just trying to scare everybody? And um, so I do enjoy that. I, Like I said, we talked in a previous podcast about the bus. Um, I, I love that. I think it's one of my favorite like nightmare sequences and probably the whole franchise. It's definitely up there for me, just... We talked about riding the bus back when we did that and just how you have no control over what happens before and after you get to your destination or during the journey. So I always love that. And then I got to say, his dance scene in his room, really, I, I that hit every note for me this time. I thought it was so funny. And he's just having a ball, doing his thing. And yeah, it it really made me smile, this watch.
1: Yeah, he because he's dancing on his bed and he's doing some like hip thrust and he has um I don't even know what the hell it is it's like a it's like a slide
0: oh it's a cork pop gun
1: cork pop gun thank you yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> and he's doing like the like he's thrusting his hips and like you know very sexual and he like does like the thrust and he pops the 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 cap off the end of it right as of uh, his mom and. Lisa walk in the room. <laughs> it's so good. It's so funny, but that yeah, the the hat, the glasses, and everything. It's, oh, it's a very entertaining scene. Um, but yeah, I love the pool party too. That whole scene was was quite entertaining. Um, back to where like they where they burn him, mm-hmm. right? So so again, it's like so she kind of like gets f- like Lisa and and Freddy scene like the weird hugging and kissing and like Jesse's kind of speaking through (laughs) like Freddie as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I was just, I don't know. I was just, I was laughing out loud during (laughs) that, but also, so in the first two that we've watched so far, so Nightmare and this one. Yes. um, I like where it shows anywhere where we have like, that looks like gas lines or whatever and like, um, spigots and, and, things to turn off and or on the gas. I always think to myself, it's like they just get like, ah, we just got to get a bunch of pipes and get a bunch of these little turny offy things and put them all together. (laughs) Like, yeah, they don't make any sense or anything, but it's like, ah, look really fucking cool in the movie. Right. Then we'll just start it on fire. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Everything will just start on fire randomly. So, but again, like in that, that part two, it's like, it's, I don't know. Is it like in a junkyard or like it's.
0: Well, there's some, they're supposed to be at the um, the factory where Freddy would um kill the kids. Like they they go there earlier when they find the rat in the um cabinet. So that's where he's bringing her back to. Gotcha. But gotcha. um, yeah, I don't know how much they kind of go into that in the original. And this is kind of where Freddy's lore builds across the different movies. So I think in the r- original. I don't remember what the story is. It's just that he um, killed a bunch of the kids, and then the parents burn him alive in the factory. But
1: yeah, that's right. Right, because then the next one, right? They go back. They have to get his remains again, right? Yeah, to yeah. They have to life. find
0: his <laughs> remains in Dream Warriors. That's, that's right. Where
1: we get your favorite um, stop motion Freddy skeleton
0: scene. Oh, I hate that scene that like <laughs> dream warriors is a five-star movie. If not for that scene <laughs> sucks.
1: You know, they needed, um, Harryhausen, you
0: know? they did. Right
1: up, that was that was like right up his alley. You know, they would have, then it would have been a five-star.
0: Exactly. Yeah. I would have allowed it for Harryhausen. He's, he's the man. He yeah. only, he can get away with that. <laughs> so, okay. Are, are we, I, I'm I'm curious. Did you did you like this movie? Did you find it entertaining, or is it kind of not really your jam?
1: I'm don't think I'll need to go back and watch this again anytime soon. I gave it a a two and a half on my letterboxed. Um, which of that I feel always feel like a two for me is a bad movie. Like a one is like a, a, a not watchable movie (laughs) okay um three for me would be a good movie and i think it's like i don't know it's like it's missing something i don't know it's kind of confusing for me to watch and i had a hard time just kind of getting into it uh one thing i do have to say though i feel like the score is um much improved over the the first one and it's almost like the first one has like it's not bad but the first one almost has like a it almost feels seventies in a way, hmm. versus yeah the and they're only a year apart. Which and this one seems like a little bit more modern for the time, I think. So, um, but yeah, I, I mean, I'll give it that. Um, I had I just <laughs> this the Freddie's like scenes in this movie. I don't think were as entertaining. I say I don't know. I I just did not really like it as much. as say the first one. So, what about yourself?
0: No. Fair enough. And it, was this your first time seeing it, too? Just curious. Oh, you said you saw it when you were a yeah, kid. Yeah,
1: I mean, might as well. I haven't, I haven't seen it in a very long time. You know, yeah. like, I guess any of the stuff for me is, like, a 10-year-old kid. Because like, I think what happens was, like, when, when Dream Warriors came out, I was like, mm-hmm. I watched that, and then I'm guessing all of them were probably being replayed on HBO on Cinemax at the time, too, or something like that. So I caught yeah. all three of those movies, like... <clears throat> pretty close
0: together no makes sense and yeah i would say i think this is the third time i've seen this movie okay and this was definitely the time i enjoyed it the most so i think the first first or second time i i came in about where you were was like yeah it was you know watchable there were parts i liked and i think this was the most fun i've had with it um just all of the Cheesy 80s stuff made me laugh a lot more this time, like the pool party' is just ridiculous. Yeah. I love that um and yeah, all of the goofy bird stuff,'m like, why is this in this movie? I don't care, it's great um so it it definitely grew on me this viewing and <laughs> okay. i I was surprised too I thought, um you know Mark Patton, who played jesse i I really appreciated his performance this time around i I thought he was really good, I mean, as far as acting in a horror movie goes he kind of blows Nancy Thompson out of the water as far as I'm concerned but
1: yeah I'll give you that I mean there were some scenes where I'm just like he even though he had people like other actors like close to him in his proximity like he (laughs) seemed like he was talking in an empty room or something but oh interesting yeah I don't whatever I guess when it comes to these type this genre of film too I'm not as that stuff doesn't really bend me out of shape a whole lot. <laughs> you sure. know, like I just especially in this era, but yeah, I guess the overall I I thought Kruger's um Robert England's performance in this for me was subpar versus the first one, which I know that you maybe have a different take on that. I there's parts too where I feel like his um like the prosthetic or whatever makeup that they use for the mass seemed a little off on it, but
0: yeah. 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 No, I, I said that, but then I finished the movie and I, I I think I would actually agree with you. I, he never really scared me or creeped me out in this movie where there's still moments in the original nightmare where um, I, I don't find Freddy scary, but there's a couple moments where I'm like, Ooh, I could see how that would, you know, freak some people out. I think the scariest scene in this movie is when the the transformation scene when the claws are coming out of Jesse's fingers and we get a little bit of body horror yeah and again not scary but if I had to pick a scariest scene I would say it's probably that
1: like where yeah I do like where he like breaks out of Jesse like a you know chick out of an egg yeah <laughs> kind of thing like that kind of this rebirth kind of like scene but uh, there's like there's a comical part too like in that scene where jesse opens his mouth and like freddie's eye is in there <laughs> i know i know <laughs> that was some good shit i know
0: well yeah and i think like that's a perfect example of what i liked a lot more this time around just all the dumb cheesy 80s horror stuff like that i'm like hell yes i'm here for this wackiness, but I think overall, it's um my vibe is still more Dream Warriors, you know, with Dawkin and that cast and just playing around in the dreams. That's that's more my vibe. But I did have a lot more fun with Nightmare Two this time. Oh, do you want to talk about Coach Schneider? What's oh, aged yeah, well yeah. and what let's hasn't? Talk
1: about that's a great great segue into which has aged the best or worst. Let's let's go right into which. Wor- worst 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 <laughs> the worst. Um, yeah the coach that <laughs> which i do is like just the coach overall is age the worst uh coach smoking in school smoking yeah. in school everything about the coach <laughs> 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 like, um, like um i put a i made a note here it said um okay okay so at what point do you just where you just tell a coach to like fuck off right I never had right. experiences with like high school coaches or anything, but so I never in that spot, but like if I was being treated like that, then like, f- I'm not going to sit there and do ups. Fuck you. Like <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I'm done. I'll go play baseball or softball with my friends.
0: Oh, <laughs> uh, I remember there was one class. It was freshman year health class. And yeah. we, I, I already didn't like our coach or freshman health teacher. And um, we were talking about active versus sedentary ac- activities, you know, sedentary, yeah. you're sitting, there, not doing anything. Yeah. And he was writing examples on the board and we had our textbooks in front of us. And he was like, can anyone else give me an example of a sedentary activity? And I just said, reading. And <laughs> it's like, yeah, yeah, I guess that is. And it didn't really land. I wanted it to be like, fuck you, reading this book in this class. Re- <laughs> <laughs> Didn't quite land. Went over his head, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh
1: my God, the, I had a health teacher in middle school that was also a coach, uh-huh. but he was awkward as hell, and he touched himself a lot.
0: <laughs> oh this no! Thing
1: where like the palm of his hand would always like move and like hit him like in the middle of like his chest, then it would like slide down. <laughs> to his pot belly uh huh you know and rub around there Then it would go out again stretch his arm out and like the whole thing would repeat it was just so awkward it was so bad coach yeah
0: oh yeah. no <laughs> it's
1: it's sad That's the only thing i remember from this class <laughs> <laughs> but oh then this was I know we talked before, too. This was the uh, you've got the body and I've got the brain.
0: Yep. That Which was my bad in yeah. our last episode. <laughs> I said that was Dream Warriors. I was wrong. I'll cop to that.
1: Yeah. Do you Did you ever listen to the DJ Jazzy Jeff and Fris, Fresh Prince first album? No. The one with the uh, parents don't understand. Uh-uh. There's a, it opens up with a uh, Nightmare on Elm Street homage. Um, it's called Nightmare on My Street. But that was uh that was one of the that line is in that song, too. So I was having a moment of like, did I remember that from the movie or was that just from the song? But
0: yeah, is it a sick beat?
1: Um, it's cool, but it's, okay. you know, it's Will Smith, which I mean.
0: Yeah, hit or miss. <laughs> you know, yeah. right? yeah, <laughs> yeah.
1: It was uh, it was the, the hip-hop album or rap album that I could have because it didn't have any swearing on it. So, Oh, yeah. But that shit changed when I could go and get money and buy a tape by myself. <laughs> when I went and bought MWA MW- straight out of Compton a couple of years later. <laughs> That's a
0: few steps up from Fresh Prince. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, that was quite a scene when my mom walked into the room when I was listening to that. Cool. So nightmare. What did you get this on uh, your letterbox?
0: Um, I gave it. So I, I originally, um, when I logged it before, I added it two and a half like you did, but I bumped it up to three stars with a heart Ooh.
1: this three time. Stars with a heart. Yeah. Yeah. I gave it two and a half and no heart.
0: Fair <laughs> enough. Fair <laughs> enough. I get it. Yeah. There's but, there's some yeah. stuff too that you know I. It's, it's not a masterpiece. I still think the original is the better movie, and I think Dream Warriors is the best. But, yeah, yeah like I said, I, I had a lot more fun with it this time, and I liked it for that.
1: Yeah, it's definitely. I mean, whatever. It's worth a watch. So
0: it's Yeah, for genre, sure. So. For sure. And I know we talked about it before, but I, if anyone does have Shudder, watch Scream Queen, um, because, like, just... Mark Patton's story—it's really powerful. But I was trying to think of another time where we, like, man, this is a really weird movie. I wonder how this, this, and this happened. Like, this documentary answers a lot of those questions, and it's just kind of really cool in that way too. Where, you know, I, I think this a lot about some of the oddball films I've, I've seen. And man, wouldn't it be nice if there was a documentary that just gave you so much context so that that doesn't happen a lot but scream queen paints a much clearer picture of kind of the context around this movie so it's really informative for that reason too i'll
1: awesome. give you my
0: shutter password chat don't okay. worry okay <laughs>
1: <laughs> all right definitely have to check that out that was probably the best thing that that came out of this for me was like it, no i mean still <laughs> it still just blow my mind like i had no fucking idea but that that um documentary does sound really interesting so yeah it's good all right we'll wrap it up um any last words
0: um no i i think that's it it's a fun movie not my favorite freddie movie but still pretty good and i hope mark patton is doing well and as always before we go
1: we want to thank you for downloading this episode of movie time machine monster closet edition Remember, new episodes drop on Fridays. Please send your questions, comments, and feedback to MovieMachinePod at gmail.com. And you can also follow us on Twitter at MovieMachinePod. And remember, Jamie's request said if he could retweet this episode, he will send you a copy of What Was I Scared Of? That's right. All right. Cool. Listen to that. Retweet it. I'm going to do some DMs. I'll set you up with that. So thank you for listening. Talk to you next time. Bye. Bye.